Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. Hello and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And welcome back. We have some actual football to talk about this week. Week zero, preseason, whatever you want to call it. But we were on the sidelines this week. We're excited to get into it. But before we do that, let me introduce my co-host. Well, first off, I'm Justin Levy. Here is the intrepid Alex Martin. Alex, how's it going? Doing awesome. Glad to be back on a sideline finally. Um, it's just it's a really nice prelude into the weekend. A nice little escape from things. Just being able to watch some pretty solid high school football, and you know it's back. And it's going to be as uh, we both witnessed last year. It's going to be quick. Um, the season last year's season went by really fast. You know, going to be a pretty uh, fast train here for the next ten to fifteen weeks. And he is full of knowledge. He is full of insight. He's full of honesty. <laughs> we have Dan DeLuca. Dan DeLuca. What was it like being back on the sidelines? Oh, it was great to be there. I'm, I'm just disappointed I don't get an adjective like Alex. Alex gets intrepid, and, and I get nothing. It was fun. It was, uh, took a little while for me to kind of get back in the hang of it. Didn't really see a, a very competitive game, but it was great to be out there again, and I'm uh, looking forward to doing it again. Good stuff. So I'm going to go and run through all the scores. There was a, a lot of stuff, more than we'll see the rest of the season. But first, the slate of Thursday night games. North Fort Myers uh, shut out Estero 50 to nothing. Lehigh beat Cypress Lake 48 to 6. Oasis beat Halifax 31 to 20. St. Stephen's beat SFCA 31 to 20. And then the Friday night games. Fort Myers shut out Ida Baker 41 to nothing. Naples 31, Gulf Coast 7. Bishop Rowe 67, Laley 14. Lemon Bay beat South Fort Myers 28-21. Bonita Springs beat East Lee 31-6. Golden Gate beat Monarch 26-22. Immokalee 47, Glades Day 22. Charlotte 35, Barron Collier 10. Riverdale 37, Island Coast 32. DeSoto County beat Cape Coral 21-0. ECS beat Lake Placid 35-12. Port Charlotte beat Dunbar 35-12, Sebring 48, Palmetto Ridge 6, St. John Newman 12, Canterbury 7, and Gateway pulled out a win over Mariner 21-18. I talked to head coach Colin O'Brien after that game because that was their first win on their home turf. Here is what Coach O'Brien had to say. They absolutely want to win. You can see it. I mean, even the energy coming into the game. Um, last year we had, we were trying to get kids warmed up and the kid would cut a joke here, cut a joke there. It was not even us. It was upperclassmen. It was players making sure each other were locked in. And then I just let them, left them, and they got themselves revved up in the locker room, ready to run through a wall and came out here just ready to play today. There was an energy I haven't seen since I've been here. Mm. And I told them that, that like, <laughs> of my pregame speech, I went in there and I was like holding back tears like, guys, we started this thing three years ago, and I've been waiting for the moment when you guys just wanted to win more than I did, and I think that finally happened tonight. So that was some interesting insight from Coach O'Brien. Alex, from all those games, uh, what stood out to you? The one that's really worth noting is Bishop Vero hanging uh, 60 points in the first, what was it, 20 or so minutes against Laley. Um, that's that's a pretty good uh, average, putting up three points a minute. Um, Carter Smith seemed to be on 
Um, that offense seemed to be humming without Chris Graves. Um, you know, th- this is a game where Timmy Lawson didn't really have much action, their number one target. Um, it was Matthew Turner who had three, ca- uh, four catches. Three of them went for touchdowns. Um, you know, Vero seems to be rolling, uh, you know, in their two games this year so far. They've put up 111 points and over 800 combined yards of total offense. So that was pretty encouraging. Um, the other one that we got to talk about, though, is Port Charlotte putting a beatdown on Dunbar 35-12. to uh, The Pirates put up the first 35 points of this game, um, which I think took a lot of us by surprise. I knew Dunbar had questions. We all knew that there was a lot to fill from last year. O-line, defensive side between graduations and transfers. Um, I think, you know, at this point with Dunbar, there's without question more uh, more questions and answers for them. And always a caveat that it's preseason. Maybe they were sitting players. We don't know. Dan, what what was one of your main takeaways? I was really impressed with just how explosive the Fort Myers offense was. You know, Madrid Tucker touched ball four times Friday night, scored three touchdowns, two 90-plus yarders, one on a reception, one on a run. Uh, Ricardo Noel broke a 90-yard run. I know Fort Myers last year struggled a little bit in the running game. They had a little bit of trouble consistently getting it going, but anytime they needed a big play, they got it. And defensively, really did a good job against Baker. Baker had a couple injuries, including their starting halfback, James Donnelly, who was out, and he's kind of the key to their running game. So they had some untested people in there, and that kind of caused them some problems, but did not expect that kind of result. Again, like you said, Dustin, it's preseason. You don't want to you don't want to put too much emphasis on it, but a really good showing for the Green Wave. I've got a question. North Fort Myers hangs 50 against Estero. I mean, how did the Red Knights look? It seemed like they were clicking really early with all those pieces back that Dwayne Mack had talked about, Jaden Jones, and you know some of those other guys. I mean, how did the Red Knights look on their home field Thursday? Dan was just talking about Fort Myers. They're going to be tested this week going to North because North looked very, very good. As you mentioned, they had some guys healthy. Uh, Jaden Jones, uh, Rashad Snow, they call him the snowman. He had an interception. He looked really, really good. But I got to talk about Adrian Stone, uh, the Dunbar transfer. You know, he's a player that you know had circled because he he was. Um, he transferred from Dunbar, but he, he was just a wrecking ball in the Estero backfield. Uh, just made it tough for them all night and obviously capped it all with the safety, of course. Uh, but they looked really good on, on both sides of the field, o- on both sides of the ball. O- on offense, Noel Devine's son, Andre Devine, had two rushing touchdowns. Sion Gordon, two rushing touchdowns. Bryce DeRoss, he, he was kind of our question mark going in at quarterback. Uh, he looked great, especially he started connecting on deep balls, hit Jaden Jones, hit Bo Somerset, uh, even hit Andre Devine, who, you know, he can get behind a defense for sure. Uh, they just they looked very complete, uh, which is really, really encouraging for them. And I kind of mentioned it on Twitter, um, Andre Devine, 738 rushing yards, six or seven touchdowns. Don't be surprised if seven doubles his stats. Um, this year. I could see a 1,500-yard season in the books for him quite easily. It's going to be a different look offense for the Red Knights this time around. No sharing carries with Bo Somerset. I mean, none of that direct snap uh, type stuff when uh, Tanner Helton was out with an injury. You know, don't be surprised if you see Andre Devine break the 1,500 mark this season. What other scores are you guys looking at here that uh, caught your eye? I mean, we can go to my game. Um, you know, Naples beats Gulf Coast 31-7, to but, you know, to be frank, it, it wasn't really that impressive of a win for me for Naples. They had three runs that accounted for nearly 60% of their rushing total, I think, or close to that. You know, it was 
definitely a good night on the ground for Gulf Coast, you know, winning the trenches at times, numerous three-yard runs, you know, keeping Isaiah Augustive and Kendrick Raphael, the two power five running backs in check. Um, Their first eight carries, they had 10 yards, Um, you know, so the Sharks definitely, you know, came prepared. The weird thing was, is just seeing Connor Barrett probably probably gonna have his worst game of the year in the preseason four of 11 on completions for 30 yards um, but he had to extend plays numerous times and he ran the ball for 20 uh, I think it was 23 times for about 70 70 and change there I mean he he was under duress a lot um, the O-line's gonna need to go back to work this week at Gulf Coast and uh, you know get ready for a feisty South Fort Myers team next week. Dan, any thoughts on any of the other preseason games? One of the more exciting games from last week, uh, Riverdale 37, Island Coast 32. Got two teams coming off disappointing seasons last year, both with new coaches, Frank Hepler at Riverdale, Chris Burnett at Island Coast. Um, Island Coast, a lot of big plays, but some inconsistency, some penalties, a lot of motion stuff, things you have to get worked out. Uh, Riverdale falls behind early, then comes back late. So I, I think in a game like that, when, you've, when you're a new coach, you've got a new team, you're trying to take some positives out of that. Both, both teams have things that they can take out of that, uh, some things to work on. I think some really encouraging signs out of that game for both those teams. Yeah, and our, our colleague Nick Wilson, uh, he, he was definitely up late covering all the action. That, that was a fun one. Another kind of, maybe it was a, a surprise. We weren't really sure what to expect, but Mockley running all over Glades Day, uh, putting up, I think it was like 250 rushing yards between uh, Darren Robinson and Justin Compier. That's definitely something to, to think about heading into the regular season. This is going to be one of the games next week, Immokalee CSN, where Immokalee actually played a preseason game and CSN did not. Redwood has 48 minutes under their belt. CSN has none. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the Seahawks start start slowing that one and maybe uh, Immokalee can capitalize and get their first win in the James Delgado era. That's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about some of the content we have coming out this week. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back here at the News Press and the Naples Daily News. We have all kinds of content coming out this week, including uh, district previews breaking down each and every local team we also had some spicy rankings coming out this week that's on the website now alex what was it like putting that together spicy you like your adjectives this morning dustin (laughs) we're recording on a tuesday you know the rankings were it was really tough um especially in the middle i think you know it goes without saying we knew the two the top two teams were coming in and that's naples and lehigh um you know from there is kind of a mixed bag um depends on who's playing every week there's teams that could very well beat each other up in the middle, I think. Um, you know, for now, you know, First Baptist at three, um, I think that's, you know, more of a ceiling pick than a floor pick for sure. Um, you know, at number four, we got North Fort Myers, which I think, you know, I, I'm very high on them. I mentioned that last week. Um, I think they've got serious potential this year under Dwayne Mack to make some big strides and actually get past last year's five and five year, which Pretty much Dwayne Mack and the rest of the staff want to view it as an aberration. 
Um, at number five, Bishop Vero. Um, it goes without saying, you know, they're they're going to be pretty scary this year. I think projected them at six regular season wins, more towards the ceiling than the floor. Very tough five games open for them, and then in the second half, it's going to get easier. Fort Myers at six, they've got a serious chance of getting up to the top by the end of the year. I think if things go to plan. At seven, Dunbar is one of those teams that. still kind of in wait and see mode we're going to get a better feel uh, for what the Tigers have in their first two or three games you know they're going to go back up to Charlotte County this week to take on Charlotte we'll see what happens there but you know definitely some question marks that need to be answered at number eight Gulf Coast they look pretty decent against Naples for the most part Um, defensively um, they managed to get the run game going a little bit they totaled over 100 yards against the Golden Eagle defense on the ground didn't really do much against that loaded secondary at number nine, South Fort Myers, uh, one of those teams that has a lot to replace. Um, and I think it goes without saying Nathan Castor did a lot for that team. You know, they got to replace Duncan Smith, Jerry Cooper. Um, they got to replace Jason Landrum on the defensive side. Got to re- replace Kirill Baikov. Got to replace Andre Jocelyn, who kind of did a little bit of both on both sides of the ball. He transferred to Lehigh. Mint Edwards is one of their up-and-coming uh, sophomores. He's now at Dunbar. Um, and then at number 10, one of the teams that I think can actually make some serious strides in, in year four under Nick Bajika, that's Golden Gate. Um, I think the Titans, you know, they're going to be battle tested early on in their first five weeks. But from there, you know, they can definitely rattle off some momentum and um, use that to possibly get in the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. And we're going to break down this game later, but how exciting is it that we have our number one versus our number two in week one of the season when Lehigh goes to take on Naples? Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Another uh, story we have coming out later this week is our underclassmen to watch. Uh, Dan, did you see any freshman or sophomore players in your game this week that stood out? Yeah, I mentioned him earlier, uh, Madrid Tucker. I mean, he showed some signs last year of being, you know, a a potential kind of breakout player, but, you know, just really was outstanding against Baker. Um, again, kind of limited his touches, and, and Coach Sirianni said, you know, they kind of had a vanilla game plan. They didn't want to show too much uh, to North Fort Myers because that's, that, that's a big matchup this week. Um, but, you know, four, four touches and you score three touchdowns, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. And, and, and just the speed and really a really good catch, you know, going up to, to, to take down the ball and then being able to get outside on the sideline on, on, on a run and just outrun a, a pretty speedy Baker secondary. Um, Baker's a little, a little light maybe on the line, but they have speed in the secondary, and he just, he just blew by everyone. So I, I think he's really someone uh, to keep an eye on this year. Yeah, I remember in the preseason last year, there was a a big play. I don't know if it was a fumble or an interception, but uh, the the guy was going the other way, and Madrid Tucker went and ran him down. And uh, ever since then, I've been keeping my eye out for him. Um, I know in my game, someone that stood out uh, in for Gateway was uh, Jamarian McElroy. Uh, He was their starting quarterback last season as a freshman, um, and he did some good things. But he he looked really really good. Just, you know, when, when things would start clicking for him on certain drives, he, he was just kind of unstoppable. He would link up with his receivers and just kind of throw the perfect ball, um, connecting with uh, Jermaine Redden for one touchdown and punching it in at the goal line on another. Um, he's definitely a player I am interested to see a little bit more of, especially having that first year under his belt. 
Um, I know there are a couple other quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, who are uh, going to be ones to watch this season. Uh, Alex, uh, who who do you think those are? Picking up on McElroy, just for a quick second, I mean, he talked to us at Media Day about how you know he did throw 18 picks last year to 14 touchdowns, and he talked about how he was really working on maturing this offseason. Um, and Colin O'Brien was impressed with his growth. And I think, you know, year two is definitely going to be a different um, story for, you know, for him and, and for the Eagles. Yeah, like, the, the interesting thing was he, he had a very early uh, interception against Mariners. He's picked off by Justin Lewis, who, by the way, Justin Lewis is he's a freak. He, he's terrific. Uh, but he, he shook that off, uh, scored two straight touchdowns, and uh, I think that's what you want to see from a young player. Yeah, but to answer your question, um, you know, pair of quarterbacks down in Collier County, um, sophomores, um, you know, you have Nico Boyce, who was coming in to compete for the starting job at Naples. Um, he did not start against Gulf Coast Friday night. J- junior Jack Melton did. But um, Boyce did see action in the second, uh, all the second quarter. He entered in the late third and finished out the game. Um, he completed three of ten passes for 41 yards. Um, did throw a pick to Gulf Coast's R.J. Williams. Um, an underthrown ball by Boyce, um, one he definitely want to have back. Um, he did have three rushes for 21 yards, uh, very quick out of the pocket. Um, I will say that, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, one of the more impressive parts of his game. But definitely, um, you know, Naples is going to have to figure out their quarterback. Um, you know, they're going to have to figure out who their starter is uh, early on here because it's going to be Lehigh at home. Then they're going to have to go to Venice. Um, and Venice is the defending 8A state champ. Uh, but the other quarterback that I'm really intrigued by is, is sophomore Ethan Crossan at First Baptist. Um, he is rumored to have won the starting job over senior Ty Keller, who led Southwest Florida in passing last year, led it in passing touchdowns, and led it in total touchdowns. Um, pr- a pretty pretty sizable development here come Friday. Um, you know, we'll see if you know if that holds true and Crossan's a starter. But um, you know, definitely one that. We did see a little bit uh, last year when maybe Keller wasn't on. I think you know you were at that Faro First Baptist game and, and Crossing came in for a little bit. Um, you know, what did you kind of see in the small sample size then that you know translates to what we're seeing now? Well, I just think being a, a freshman and being pressed into action, you know, and and doing kind of a competent job. Uh, that's going to go a long way, you know, in, in terms of his teammates trusting him, especially in those big moments. Um, he, he can move pretty well for for a big guy, and uh, that's kind of that could be an X factor for the Lions. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's got a pretty good core of receivers the oh, back, yeah. um, to say the least. All right, um, yeah, one going to Clemson, got another in the slot who uh, went for nearly 600 yards. Um, not sure what Rich Millian's role is going to be entirely this year um, after leading the team in all-purpose yards last year. Um, he seems like he's moving to the defensive side of the ball. But it doesn't mean that the Lions can't go back um, to what they did last year, especially with Jaden Booker now in the fold. Uh, you know, it's a scary prospect what the Lions uh, can do this year. Definitely. Definitely a team that we're going to be excited to cover. Uh, let's get into the games that are coming up this Friday. Uh, here's another act- adjective for you. Juicy. It's a juicy slate of games. Dan, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I have to say I'm looking forward, and I have the the fortune of being at that game this week, is Fort Myers and North Fort Myers. I mean, when you talk about high school football, you're really talking about communities and support, and there's no, you know, better programs in Lee County in terms of, you know, getting the community behind them than Fort Myers and North Fort Myers. It's the longest consecutive uh, 
rivalry in the county. This is the 55th straight year that they'll be playing every year since 1967. Uh, Fort Myers leads the series 40 to 14, but those 14 losses, that's, that's the most against any Lee County opponent. And North has won three of the last five meetings, including last year. It's going to be an emotional night at North Fort Myers. Uh, you had Coach Ron Hoover, legendary coach, pass away during the offseason. There's going to be a tribute to him there at the game. So it's just really what you're looking for, you know, in, in high school football. It's going to be a packed stadium. It's going to be a lot of energy there, a lot of emotion. And we get it in week one. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and, you know, kind of overhearing some things in the huddle. I mean, the the first thing Dwayne Mack was saying to his team after a 50 nothing victory was Fort Myers next week. You know, that that's what their eye is on. Um, that That's, you know, what what they're going to be looking to uh, to accomplish in the first week. Uh, Alex, wh- what game has caught your eye? I, I got to go with the game you're, go- you're going to be covering. I'm really intrigued by South Fort Myers hosting Gulf Coast, right? And it's one of those games where, you know, Gulf Coast's line is going to be tested again um, on both sides. Um, Gulf Coast had a pretty impressive showing uh, against Naples, uh, the defensive line especially. Um, they're going to be going up against a unit that returns four or five starters from last year, and, and you couldn't say that about Naples. Um, you know, they've had a couple – they had a transfer come in. They had a lot to replace on the O-line. So to see uh, what Gulf Coast can do against a more seasoned line is what I'm interested uh, to follow in that game. And also to see if Jack Griffith and Joe Miller can actually get going here. Um, they did not have a single catch, let alone, I believe, a combined one one or two targets between them the entire game last Friday. Um, I think it goes without saying that they're going to get theirs in this one. Um, it's just a matter of how much. And, you know, if you want a, a perspective uh, on what this Gulf Coast team is going to bring, um, here's what Rick Martin had to say um, after Naples' 31-7 win over the Sharks. I love the fact that we got to play Gulf Coast. I mean, you know, I think we've been talking about it for a couple of years, actually. I got a lot of friends over there, a lot of great coaches, great men over there. And, and uh, it's so it, it's an honor to take the field with the, these guys and actually compete with them I mean I know what I'm getting I know I'm going to get a really sound football team and and a team that's going to play all four quarters and and have you know all three phases right offense defense special teams and that's all we can ask for and that's what they did tonight they pushed us to the limits on everything we did and that was Naples coach Rick Martin uh, Friday night Dustin that's going to be a really interesting battle because you know Gulf Coast has all this experience coming back South Fort Myers lost a lot of that experience. You know, they're a leading rusher. They're they're starting quarterback. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. Uh, of course, we got to mention Lehigh Naples. Um, I'm really excited about that one. Um, with you know whether Richard Young can you know poke a hole in that uh, vaunted Naples defense. Alex, do you think Lehigh is going to have? The kind of success they're used to seeing. I think they're definitely going to have a better shot at this game uh, just because of where I saw Naples uh, last week. Um, definitely a lot to clean up within seven days. I'm um, not saying they can't do it, but it's definitely a heavier lift, especially with the schedule that they've got early on this year. Um, people don't really remember this because it was a preseason game, but Richard Young did go for 87 yards on th- just 13 carries last year in a preseason game against Naples. Didn't play the um, entire fourth quarter. Um, pretty much, you know, you Put those two things together if he did play he's probably looking at a, another 100 yard game uh, but you know it'll be interesting to see really I mean th- this will be a good test for the Naples D-line which seemed to have 
for the most part, did a solid job in terms of um, holding the run game of Gulf Coast. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of Gulf Coast's yardage came on on quarterback scrambles, and um, not, not really a ton in the trenches. It's just a matter of uh, you know, can Lehigh take care of the football? Um, in this one, you know, Dorian Mallory's got to take care of the football. No fun. You cannot turn the ball over against this defense because as uh, Naples proved last week uh, with a botched punt that went to the one-yard line, um, they scored in one play. Um, so, you know, we'll see what Lehigh has to offer. I think this fast athletic defense for them um, will be huge, especially with what, um, you know, they did to Cypress Lake with Robert Raybon, Tyree Cunningham, um, Andre Jocelyn, among others. Um, so it should make for a pretty solid game, and I would expect it's going to be closer than in years past. And quick question for both of you: uh, What do you think is going to be the best Week One game? Man, um, the best. I mean, I got to lean towards Dan's game here. I don't see this game being a, uh, decided by more than a touchdown. Um, North Fort Myers, Fort Myers. I'd expect this to be a pretty close game. Uh, maybe not 2017 playoff. Uh, vibes here was seven six ball game where um, that game was decided in the final minute, but um, you know definitely one to uh, stay all four quarters for. I expect this one to be uh, pretty a pretty defining game for either side. You know if they you know if either side starts one to zero, which one side will, um, it should be a, definitely a big bragging rights game. Uh, definitely making a statement early on. I think that's most likely to be the closest game um but i think just just for the 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 battle i mean you really have to look at lehigh and naples i I mean you would you would think that lehigh would be the underdog just because they're going the staver field um that isn't a place that lee county teams typically perform very well um and you look at a naples team you know, you've got Lehigh bringing in Richard Young, getting all the attention. You got Lehigh being on ESPN. So I think Naples, even though they're at home, even though they're favored, they probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder too about the attention that Lehigh's getting. Um, so I, I think they're going to be fired up. So I, I wouldn't expect. You know, you might think you know Lehigh might come in and surprise them, and but Naples is going to be just as jacked up for this game as Lehigh, and I'm really interested to see how that plays out. And another game I think bears mentioning is Dunbar at Charlotte. I was uh, at this game uh, last season. Dunbar obviously had a, a terrific season last year. Uh, this was one of the games that, you know, they didn't completely, you know, run all over uh, the Tarpons. Um, but I think Charlotte might be better this year. Uh, they have a, a new quarterback. They they have some, some really talented guys on defense coming back. So I think that that's going to be a good one as well. All right, uh, that is all we have for the week one look ahead. After the break, we are going to make some picks in some of these games. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. And welcome back. Dustin made me do the intro to this segment because I came in second place last year. Um, you know, it is picks time to lead off. You know, our returning champion went 90 and 28 last year in his 
regular season debut with the news press in Naples Daily News. A pretty impressive 73% clip there. And then yours truly, uh, about five games off, went 85 and 33, just a touch over 70%. Uh, but we got to talk about our guy in here who's undefeated. He Dan DeLuca did not miss a game last year, and he, he deserves deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, Dan, how'd you do it? You know, I just put my nose down and just just picked, uh, you know, the way that uh, I needed to pick. It was, uh, you know, not paying attention at all really paid off for me last year. It goes without saying, Dan did not win a game last year. He did not lose a game, uh, just like FGCU football, right? Going to get right into the pick segment here. I'm starting off with a bat in a battle in Cape Coral. It'll be uh, Ida Baker taking on Larry Gary's Seahawks. Dustin, one of the more interesting games. Uh, both teams were shut out in the preseason. Um, who do you think comes out on top here? Yeah, that's tough. I I think I like the Bulldogs' chances to to rebound from the Fort Myers game just because uh, that that was uh, that's a tough team. Um, and but I, I I I like Baker. I like their energy. Um, and I just think Cape just got such a late start uh, with with their new head coach that uh, they might struggle early in the season. Dan, I mean, you know, Baker's definitely a favorite here. Um, I imagine you're kind of kind of leaning the same way on this one. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the all-time series between these teams, Cape leaves 11 to 5, uh, but they won the first 7 games in this series. So Baker's won 5 of the last 9, including uh, 2 in a row. Um, Baker's really going to be sour coming off their performance against Fort Myers. They were not happy with the way things turned out, and I think they're going to take it out on Cape Coral. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys here. Um, Baker definitely is a, a team that's looking to rebound here. I, I just don't think that Cape is in position at this point to win this game. If we were talking of, of this matchup maybe being in Week 10 or 11, possibly a different story, but this game is in Week 1. Um, I think the Bulldogs are the more polished team at this point, the more complete team despite being shut out last week. Um, I'll, I'm going to take Baker. Um, one of the more interesting games, uh, you know, Bonita Springs going to Island Coast. Um, you know, the Gators had a pretty solid showing despite losing to Riverdale. Um, they put up 32 points uh, in this one, but they gave up 37. Bonita Springs held Eastley to six while putting up 31. Um, Dan, does does Josiah Sessler get going here for? Benita, or, or does do the Gators shut him down? I think this is an interesting matchup because you have you have two teams. You have Island Coast that kind of showcased some some you know big plays last week, and you have Benita Springs that just wants to pound the football at you. And I think that physicality is going to make the difference. I think Benita Springs a little bigger up front. Uh, I think they're a little more sound. Uh, they're not going to make I think as many mistakes as you saw Island Coast make last week, and, and I think they're going to pound the football, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. Um, I think conditioning at this point in the season matters more than it would, um, you know, towards the middle. I think Bonita Springs is going to, you know, pound this ball, and they're going to be adamant about doing so. Um, Island Coast, um, you know, we, you know, maybe there's some conditioning issues, obviously early on with teams. We're going to see if they can handle, um, you know, 50 plus rushing attempts by the Bull Sharks. Um, I don't normally go with road teams in Week One, but I'm going to take the road team here. Um, I'm going to take the Bull Sharks, Dustin. I am also taking Benita. Uh, that's just such a, they're such a tricky team to game plan for. Um, you, you know, you know what's coming, but like, can you handle in the fourth quarter? And you know, Coach Dombrowski has those guys in the weight room preparing for those moments. So 
I think uh, Josiah Slessler might have a pretty nice game. That's something we talked to uh, Dombrowski at Media Day about. Is Will his touches be more limited this year? I think he averaged 25 touches a game last year. Definitely, he said he wanted to get it down to about 20 or just under 20. Um, but don't be surprised if he is above that number in this one, especially if you know the Benita offense is pretty much revolving around him in this game. Uh Game number three, you got a first-year head coach against a pretty seasoned vet in Collier County. Uh, James Delgado's Immokalee Indians will be going to the John N. Allen Family Stadium to take on CSN. A, 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 quite an interesting team last year. Went to the playoffs, I think, during the season. Had a, had a pretty disappointing loss to Bayshore. Um, one of, definitely one of the trickier games to pick because, uh, you know, Immokalee played a preseason game. CSN did not. Um, but despite that, I like the Seahawks here, but definitely less confident in it than my Baker and Benita Springs picks. I think this is going to be a closer game than what people think. Um, Dustin, I mean, how do you kind of see this one going? I think we're going to take the Indians here. I think maybe they surprise themselves with the way they kind of laid it on Glade's day. But, you know, they, they have good numbers. They have terrific athleticism. Why not them? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Dustin. Uh, I mean, you know, Mockley is a sleeping giant, right? I mean, they've had they've had a couple down years, but you have Delgado in there now. I, I think he's going to get the pride back in that program. And I know you say you don't want to put too much stake in a preseason game, but that was an impressive win uh, last week for the Indians. And you have the Seahawks without a preseason game. You know, you, you haven't been able, they haven't been able to get those jitters out. I think that that's going to show up maybe a little bit in the first half. And uh, I think Immokalee's going to win this one. Yeah, definitely one of the more closer games on the docket for this week. Uh, game number four of R10, Gateway going to Cypress Lake. Um, you know, Dustin, this is a game that can definitely go either way. This is a tough one because I know for a fact that Gateway is super hyped after their win last week uh, defending their home turf, but they're on the road now. Um, and Cypress Lake, just last season, they had a way of you know grinding out these defensive battles. So I think I'm going to take the Panthers. People often um, forget that Cypress Lake went to the playoffs in Joey Mendez's oh, yeah. first year, um, despite not winning the district. Um, you know, it, Granted, it was a regional quarterfinal loss to Killian, but they made the playoffs. Um, I'm also going to take Cypress Lake here, uh, but Gateway, don't be surprised if uh, they start 1-0 this year under Colin O'Brien. Dan? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Cypress Lake also. I think these teams are really closely matched. Uh, obviously, Cypress Lake, you know, a really tough opponent in Lehigh in, in their spring game. I, I think they can take something out of that. Um, and I think just the fact that they're they're lining up against, you know, a team that's more at their level, I'd say, in week one. And, and you have Gateway coming off that high of the win. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, going on the road, it's going to be tough. So uh, I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to go with the Panthers also. A game that could be defining early on to see, uh, you know, where teams' playoff prospects are. Dunbar going to Charlotte this time around. Um, numerous questions for the Tigers. Um, do they get them answered here against Charlotte? I'm not so sure. I think I'm going to take Charlotte, and it, it's more about Charlotte than about Dunbar. Um, I saw Charlotte in the spring uh, with quarterback Michael Valentino. Uh, transfer from Venice, and he looked really good uh, with uh, connecting with his receiver, Brady Hall, and then on the defense, that they have some big, strong guys. Uh, so 
I'm going to take the Tarpons in this one. Dan, one of the more interesting games. I mean, can Dunbar actually get back in the win column after uh, their 2021 season ended on an abrupt note? I don't think so. Not this week. I, I think Dunbar is going to be a team that we're going to see. They're going to get better as the season goes along. But they've had so many losses. I mean, really, you know, it, it's tough to replace all of that talent. So I think they're figuring things out a little bit now. And, you know, going on the road to Charlotte in week one, that's not a place where you want to try to figure things out. But that's the position the Tigers are in now. I don't, I don't think they're ready yet to beat a team like Charlotte on the road. So I'm going to go with the Tarpons. I, you see, I was leaning towards Dunbar here, but I mean, I, I kind of got to go with the Tarpons. It's not like last year's game wasn't a blowout. Um, you know, Charlotte did not get blown out in this one. It was, a, I mean, two touchdown game. You know they were they were in it for a good a uh, good chunk of time, uh, but I think just Charlotte playing at the fishbowl um, is definitely going to help them here. Um, I'm going to take the Tarpons for now, uh, but don't be surprised if you know Dunbar is eventually able to grow and, and be the team that we think they can be mid season. Um, you know a nice little cross county matchup here. Gulf Coast going to South Fort Myers. Um, can Connor Barrett and the Sharks get their offense going here? I say yes. Um, I'm going to pick Gulf Coast to win this one, um, you know, but it's definitely going to be, a, uh, I think, a touchdown, a game decided by a touchdown or two. Um, Dustin, do you agree, or are you going to take the Lee County team here? Uh, th- this could definitely be a tight one, and I think it's tempting to go with the Sharks because of the experience they're bringing back, but I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to take the Wolf Pack here. Dan, you're going to be the decider here. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to lean toward Gulf Coast. Uh, just for a similar situation, as I mentioned with Dunbar, South Fort Myers, you know, they lost a lot of players. And, you know, they're trying to incorporate some new players. Um, Gulf Coast, you know, they they were facing a really tough team last week, obviously, in Naples. Uh, I think they can take some things out of that and going on the road. Um, and just that experience, I think, is going to win out. When, when, when you're dealing with these week one games, you know, what I've seen in the past, what I kind of look at is – you know, that experience really helps you early in the season. So by the end of the season, South Fort Myers might end up being a better team than Gulf Coast, but I think Gulf Coast is a better team now. game that probably is going to see consensus across the board, um, St. John Newman going to First Baptist. Um, the Lions, heavy favorites here. Dustin, um, do, I, do I really need to even ask you? <laughs> I'm going to take the Lions. They, they have uh, one of the hardest to defend in Olsen, Pat Henry, uh, and throwing Jaden Booker, I mean, come on. I agree. These programs are just at, at different levels right now, so I, I think First Baptist wins pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Lions win, should win big here. Um, you know, if we're going to project player uh, props or player yardage, uh, Jaden Booker goes for over 200 yards in this one. Uh, big First Baptist win Friday night. Uh, Bishop Vareau going to Port Charlotte. This was a really good uh, early season contest last year, um, but that – contest had Chris Graves um, and this is a Port Charlotte team that is definitely more seasoned didn't lose a ton um, Bryce Eaton is back under center Ed Greer back at running back both of them looked really good against Dunbar um, Dan I'm going to lead off with you here does does Bishop Rowe get to win number 299 Friday night I don't think so I, I think Port Charlotte wins this game I, I think both teams uh, you know Vero's got some really good skill position players this year even though they lost Chris Chris Graves. They, they have some explosion there. They can make some big plays. I think the difference is going to come down to the lines. And I, I think Bishop Vero, you know, they need to show that they can kind of stand up against a team that, you know, wants to pound the football at them. And and Port Charlotte's a very physical team. Uh, I think Vero can stay in this game, but I think ultimately their line up front is going to get a little bit worn down. So I'm going to go with the Pirates. Dustin? The question I have um, after, you know, Bishop Vero had these 
a, a huge blowout in the spring, huge blowout in the preseason. When it's tight, when it's competitive, what are we going to see from them? Um, just because I have that question, I think I'm going to take Port Charlotte here. They're going to be the home, the home team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. Um, ever so slightly, I, I'd view Port Charlotte as a favorite. I think this game um, sees both teams in the 30s, um, maybe a 34-31 type game or 35-31. Um, somewhere in that neighborhood, I think both teams are going to um, have their offenses clicking, um, but it's just going to be a matter of who touches the ball last, I think, and who gets a stop in the fourth quarter. Um, I think Port Charlotte is just primed to be in better position than Vero, but don't be surprised if the Vikings uh, open up the season 1-0. and Next up, the Caloosahatchee River rivalry. North Fort Myers hosting the Green Wave of Fort Myers. This could have very well been a game of the week in any other week this year um, but that is taking uh, a seat a back seat to lehigh and naples dustin um can fort myers pull off you know a huge road win here or is north going to start one and out so i covered this game last season uh the red knights uh, had a really good night running the ball and the interesting thing is they didn't have andre divine that game he was at his father's hall of fame induction at west virginia so I think Andre Devine is kind of going to be the X factor in this one. Um, so I'm going to take the Red Knights. Not the first time a, uh, a running back named Devine has tore up North uh, has torn up Fort Myers. It won't be the last. I think De- Andre Devine goes for a uh, a pretty big game here. Um, you know the Red Knights are just so tough in so many areas, and this is a team that is pretty experienced on both sides of the ball. Now you can't say that about Fort Myers uh, losing four offensive linemen last year. They've got a first-year quarterback, as does North, so it should be a nice battle between Chris McFoley and Bryce DeRoss. Um, but at the skill positions, um, slight advantage to North. Um, you know, but Alex Thalusma and Laren Benelli and Grant Coppins and those guys really um, pretty close. Uh, but I'm going to take North Fort Myers here, um, you know, maybe a field goal or so. Dan? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game. I, I think it really could go either way. Uh, you know, North Fort Myers beat Fort Myers on their home field last year. Uh, the Green Wave would like nothing better than to return the favor this Friday. Um, I think it's going to come down to the lines. I, I, I think, you know, Dustin mentioned it earlier, you know, with Adrian Stone, uh, and Weaver on the lines for North Fort Myers. I, I just think that's going to kind of decide the game. I, I, I think they're going to be able to get pressure. I think they're going to be able to stop Fort Myers' running game enough, maybe make them a little one-dimensional, and I, I think eventually that'll end up being the difference. So I'm going to go with the Red Knights. And now our game of the week. It is going to be Lehigh at Naples. This one was decided um, pretty much right when we saw all the schedules uh, come out for these teams. Um, you know, Lehigh is going to get their chance to get a landmark win. Naples is going to get their chance to uh, prove they're the best team in the area. Here's what Lehigh head coach James Cheney had to say about this week's game. You know, in the last few years, man, like last year, I think we had six turnovers. Our loss against Naples. I mean, in, in 2019, it was the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That team takes advantage of missed opportunities and mistakes. And we have to be more disciplined and then eliminate the mistakes. Out here tonight, we were not disciplined. You know what I'm saying? I think we even got a little tad bit selfish. And that, that just won't cut it in trying to be a great team. You know what I'm saying? So we look forward to next week 
man, we look forward to going back to Lehigh and getting better. And, uh, you know, thank God the rain held out and we could see some things that we could work on. And that was Lehigh head coach James Chaney. Um, you know, definitely going to have to play a clean game here. Um, I'm going to start with my pick. Um, you know, Lehigh has to take care of the football if they want to win this one um, against Naples that they have had a history of not doing so. Um, definitely not going to be a blowout of any sort on either side, but I think Naples maybe by 10 or, or 14 here. Um, I think they're just going to capitalize on Lehigh's mistakes while I, I can't say the same about Lehigh. I don't know if they're going to capitalize on a Naples mistake or not. Obviously, it's going to depend on field position, uh, but Dorian Mallory is going to see probably his biggest test as a starting quarterback in his two seasons, um, You know, seeing three power five guys in the secondary, um, if Lehigh ha has a chance in this one, they're going to have to run the football effectively with Richard Young. They're going to have to pick apart those linebackers and, and, and um, you know, win, win in space. Um, can he do that? Yes, he can. But, um, you know, it can't just be Richard Young, and that's why I'm taking Naples. So as the champion of uh, last year's pick segment, uh, I, I think one of the keys was I, I didn't pick against the, the Golden Eagles ever maybe <laughs> so I'm not going to pick against them here um, I just think that they're too they have too much coming back on both sides of the ball meanwhile Lehigh you know as good as they are they're still trying to work in uh, some of their new players like Kelton Henderson like Andre Jocelyn um, and so it might take them one or two weeks to, to really be at their best yeah it's easy to pick Naples Right. They haven't lost a regular season game at home to a Lee County team since 2016. South Fort Myers got them that year, 42-35. to 35. Um, They're 6-4 and four all time against Lehigh, uh, winning the last five games uh, of that series, uh, including two playoff games. Sooner or later, though, a Lee County team is going to go down to Naples and win a game. Uh, I think it's hard to remember, you know, a team that's got as much talent on it this year as, as Lehigh does. They're one of the more talented teams. Um, this may come from the fact that I watched very little football the last couple of years, high school football. But uh, I'm going to go with Lehigh. I just have a feeling that, you know, Lee County's due. They're due for one of these games. Um, maybe a couple turnovers. Maybe something out of the ordinary happens. But... I'm going to take a flyer on Lehigh. And not to disagree with Dan at all. I mean, it just feels like if this is the time for a Lee County team to get Naples, it is. I mean, this is the game where it's going to happen. Um, Naples didn't look particularly impressive offensively against Gulf Coast. Um, defensively, they looked they looked fine. Um, but if there's a team that can do it right here, right now, it's definitely going to be Lehigh. So that wraps up our picks. I'm going to be, uh, you know, one of us is going to be uh, – talking and, and bragging when we uh, have a really good week i hope it's me um but you know come be sure to go to our live friday night scoreboard at news-press.com and naplesnews.com uh we'll be you know covering all the action in, in southwest florida like nobody else um we've got rankings the only ones that you should really care about um you know we've got an a plus team of photographers you know we, we've got it all for you and, and we're really doing our best with what we've got to give you the the readers you know a plus content here in southwest florida uh but for now you know it's alex martin signing off 
um, you know, on behalf of Dustin Levy and, and Dan DeLuca, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.